This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Charlie Baker. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily. We had, uh, it was a, a comedy festival today, wasn't it, Andy? In the, yeah. in the studio and down the line. It was like our own Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> it was. We had uh, Bill Bailey in the studio. Very, very exciting. Off on tour. And David O'Doherty, who was uh, talking about his new cycling show, Andy, wasn't he? That sounds good. It's on tonight. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we had a chat. We had a chat about some of the weekend's action. We did. <laughs> sounded official then. And Tom Rennie took us through the complete Premier League weekend. Here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, good afternoon, Charlie. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, an interesting weekend. <laughs> <laughs> managed another one I mean it was so obvious this yeah. was obvious even a year ago I can't believe United the way it's run a club of their size it's incredible they missed out on Pochettino they missed out on Conte and if they want Pochettino just go and get him now you mm. know he's there it's Manchester United. I can't believe it says they, they they appointed an agent to approach people. What do they need to do that for? They're Manchester United. Honestly, it's quite staggering, really. But anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, it's not, this isn't going to work for them. This interim idea, and, uh, and definitely might. not. Definitely the interim. I'm going to throw some names. Mm. I've been throwing names at you all morning, yeah. um, and you've given me reasons why not. So mm. let's do that on air, Andy. Why not? Yeah. So I've, the first one I said to you was Arsene Wenger till the end of the season. No, too associated with Arsenal and. Too brilliant, but too much yesterday's bloke. Yeah, next. Okay. Uh, Neil Warnock till the end of the season. <laughs> not quite right for United. <laughs> Why not, Andy? Well, he's not. You he's know. got a tr- proven trick. He's over 1,500 really, games that, management. Seriously, it's that dressing room. You know, Conte would have gone into that dressing room. They all would have looked it up. Yeah. You know, you saw yesterday. I mean, Spurs, they, we'll, we'll talk about this with Tom. I mean, any wins they can get now before Conte can really get his teeth into the team are, are a bonus because they are definitely going to get better there's no question about it you could see that yesterday yeah. even though they weren't great in the first half so. do you think there's anything in Conte do you think he's at all thinking oh I've only had left it a couple of weeks well uh, possibly you know it depends I think he's happy to be at Spurs it's a great job yeah. and uh, obviously United have got a better squad than Spurs I think they've got better players but mm. you know they've got to be used I had, uh, I've got two more oh, before God. you move on 
Gareth Southgate till the end of the season. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Okay. Uh, Roy Keane till the end of the season. No, ridiculous. Okay, just, just ridiculous. That's Alex Ferguson. Shot down in flames. Alex Ferguson comes back. That, <laughs> that, now you thought that was a genuine idea. You're saying I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> no, that is probably Maybe ridiculous. he's been in charge the last two years. But, you know, identify... The, the, I mean, I can't believe they've got no plan. I can't believe they didn't have anybody mm. in mind before. You know, they must have known this was going to happen. They can't have thought that he was going to turn it around. There was no sign that he was going to turn it round anyway. And Ed, Ed Woodward saying, oh, I'm going to hang around and oversee the process, either. that must drive fans mad because Ed Woodward has overseen mm. the last four managers, hasn't he? So five processes of bringing in a manager and he's failed every single time. You know, it's not... Look, it's, it was never going to be easy taking over from Fergie and that's proved mm. to be the case. But, you know, there are good managers out there and they've missed out on them so far. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yes. Uh, I, I One of the best events of the weekend was the rugby, the England game. But mm -hmm. I uh, I had another Amazon Prime nightmare. I spent the whole game chatting with Gupal from Amazon Prime Technical Support, an excellent man, but didn't yeah. help me enjoy the game. Did he commentate so, on the game for you at all? No, or? he didn't really. <laughs> it was quite frustrating. I love the player ratings in the Sunday Times yesterday. South oh, yeah. Player ratings 103 out of 150. England's player ratings 101. Out of, well, they won the game. Surely their <laughs> players were better. How does that work? Last kick of the game as well, wasn't it? Really, sort of right towards. I wouldn't the end. know. I was still trying to get. <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> was it, really? it was, and, the, and those ratings are spot on, actually, Andy. So, uh, you know, yeah, it was, the rugby was fantastic. The the uh, the France. Uh, uh, All Blacks game was absolutely brilliant as well, but some loads of goals over the weekend as well. It was a proper brilliant match of the day. I sat down, oh, with, yeah, a, no sat down with a glass on Saturday night. Yeah. I've been doing loads of work Saturday day, and I sat down and I thought I'll be asleep in half an hour in this chair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it always sends me to sleep match of the day, and I have to watch it no. again. I, it does, and really? then I have to watch it again the next morning. Yeah, but uh, but there were but loads of great goals, loads of great goals. It was uh, it was very interesting during the Arsenal game as they were losing both Paul and I at exactly the same time without. Really Realising it, but he texts me. We were indulging in a bit of Matt Scott Schadenfreude. Oh right, Matt's great. He's a brilliant analyst on football, but he's the most over-optimistic Arsenal fan. And he, he always, every season, you know, you always feel yeah. he's getting ready to get the open top bus yeah. out <laughs> Islington <laughs> High Road. You know, it's all going to happen. And uh, and he starts the game, and he's so confident, and then gradually. As you go through the mat, as yeah. the, each goal goes in, just goes down and, and then down it and down. ends with a kind of defiance. You know, they're going to be. I mean, the thing yeah. about Arsenal, they are a work in progress, and it, it is they're, they're better than they were. But mm. the, can they make that next step up? Because obviously, every time they've played somebody decent, you know, they've got a, quite a thrashing. So. You were happy with Chelsea, obviously Saturday. Yeah, you know, they looked yeah, fantastic. Yeah. They looked the real deal, Andy. Yeah, they played really well. Absolutely brilliant, really. So uh, it could have been a lot more. Could have been. And that's why I'm fascinated by the idea of Brendan Rodgers. I don't think he's right for United either. So, no. you know. Uh, your mate Jacob Hawley, though, he said, <laughs> it was funny. I thought he was mad when he said it. He was going on about uh, Tavares keeping Tierney. Tierney's one of the best left backs, I think, around. And yeah. He's going, no, I think he won't get back in the side. I thought, no, no, he will. And when you yeah. saw the mistake he made, he definitely will. Yeah, no yeah. question about it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, it was a very, very exciting Premier League weekend. 33 goals, I believe. Mm. And here to look at all the matches that we can get through it uh, and tell us about every single goal. No, you'll never be able to do that. It's I hard. could try. I could try my best. <laughs> Tom Rennie. Hello, Tom. That sounds like a fantastic challenge. Yeah, Let's go for not? it. Chronological <laughs> order. <laughs> Actually, why am I setting myself this challenge? That's a ridiculous Don't thing to do. Start with Spurs Leeds. Let's go backwards. You were there yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it was a really, really odd game, actually. I thought Tottenham were very poor in the first half. They were well worth being booed off at half-time. Uh, and I was chatting to a, to a friend of mine who's a Spurs fan pre-game, and the anticipation in that marketplace area for a drink pre-game was fantastic. Like, everyone was like, we're going to win the league now. You know, we've got the perfect <laughs> manager, and it's amazing. And at half-time, you could see um, why they were all so upset and why they booed. And there's no doubt, you know, we talk tactics a lot. Firstly, I don't know what Leeds' formation was, and I was watching it for the 90 minutes, and it was very confusing. Mm. Uh, it looked like they'd seven at the back at some point to do that man-for-man thing, which was mind-blowing to watch it in person. Uh, but at halftime, Conte gave him the hair transplant treatment, and <laughs> they came out second half, and they looked like... He just went to him, try going forward. Yeah. Just try looking. There were moments where Harry Winks had three or four passes forward, and he turned back to Dyer. And you could see why the fans were going, what is this? I paid for Antonio Conte football. We should be winning the league now. Yeah. Um, but they were very good second half, pure motivation. Uh, and the Conte sideshow, I mean, you've seen it up close for years. It's going to be superb for as long as it lasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was great to watch. It I mean, could he last was a couple of mad. years. And, and Spurs do you will, think? Oh, I do. And I think Spurs will, they're definitely going to improve. It'll be end of next of season until he says, oh, can I have this player? And oh, yeah. Levy says, no, 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 we've done of, that yeah, now. Yeah, that's it. End of next season, yeah. he'll be gone. But it's going to be a fantastic make... 18 months. Yeah. And he was saying, you were saying that he's the best league manager. I, I do think that. You know, he's got a great track record of winning the league. He knows how to win a league. He's not been great in Europe. Well, they won and, that game yesterday on strength of his will. Yeah. I genuinely mm. believe that. They just fully believed in Antonio Conte. And uh, they've got a bloke who looks a little bit like me, crossed with Brad Friedel on the sideline as well, giving them all like lots of motivation as well. He's got like nine cheerleaders that look like mafioso along the sideline. Uh, and they all come and like congratulate him afterwards like they're all old pals because oh. I think maybe there's some actual fear of the people in the, the technical area, what they're going to say to him, what they're going to do to him. Regular, you know, regular described Drop the training him. as the worst week of his life. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, yeah. it's good to see him put some effort in on the field. You realise that he previously wasn't. This is the thing that footballers always say to us. You know, footballers, mm. when they talk to footballers, 
as they say, oh, no one ever goes on the field and doesn't give full effort. Mm. Whereas every fan will tell you, yes, they do. Yeah. Whether it's intentional or not, yeah. that's a debate to be had. But sometimes they don't. And I don't think Reguilon has put in full effort in a Tottenham match for about nine months. But now he has, and he looked fantastic. It was difficult for Leeds. They've got so many injuries. I thought yeah. they, they did pretty well, actually. They did. They, until Calvin Phillips moved out of defence. When they pushed him into midfield, yeah. it all opened up. They had to do something. But until they get into that final third, Leeds look fantastic. It's a story of lots of teams in the Premier League. Mm. I like that Gelhart. I thought um, Jack Harrison played well. I thought Dan James played well. But when they get into that final third, it was like tip, mm. tap, pass, lose it. We go again. And Can, without Bamford, without Rafinha, they're going to be in trouble. It's Cal- 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 Calvin Phillips looks a cut above the rest of his team at the moment I mean it, it does but again when he stepped into that midfield role they were asking him to do a lot in the first half when he was real deep and he sat on Kane and he shut that up and he played great passes he told everyone where to go he looked good it mm-hmm. made Lorente look good it made um, Cooper look good it made everyone else look good around him but when he went into midfield when Junior Firpo came on who didn't look like he cared at all I think that's when it all went wrong. I'm sure he did. Imagine <laughs> if he's listening at home. Yeah. Listening, Put the effort junior. in, Junior. Put the effort in next time. Do what Regulon did. Should we move on to uh, Man City? Sort of strolled through Everton, really, didn't they? I mean, it was such a regulation game. Mm. It was such a regulation, mm. dull game of football. Because Everton right now are very, very poor. There are caveats in it with the injuries they have. No Calvert-Lewin. Uh, no Decore, no Yeri Mina for the last few weeks. You know, the spine of the team isn't there, but they look a little bit like a team set in 2005. And the managers of that era, people like David Moyes, who we've spoken about previously, they have found a new way of playing football. At the moment, Rafa Benitez looks like a coach out of time. Uh, and Man City put in probably their best performance since the Chelsea game. Uh, they, start, they started uh, well under Benitez, but it has you know, disintegrated a bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're right, but very regulation for City, and they're still going to be right on Chelsea's coattails, if not ahead of them. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Liverpool again. Uh, a pretty strong performance by them, and Arsenal really showing that where they are exactly. Yeah, it's funny this game. I was doing the commentary on Saturday night and the first 20 minutes we were really enthralled by it. Mm. It wasn't a particularly great game of football to that point but it was really even and Arsenal would push people forward and we thought, okay, they're going to give it a go here. And I kept thinking of Back to the Future, that bit where Marty's family keep fading away in the picture. (laughs) And we got to the point where we couldn't see Mickey Mouse anymore in the picture and suddenly I thought, my word, this is not going to go well from this point for Arsenal. And the second half, now you mentioned it earlier on, the Arsenal hype machine. Mm. The Arsenal hype machine on Nuno Tavares last week was, he's going to be incredible, he's better than Tierney, he's the Mm. best left back in the country. I'm guaranteeing you right now, that first 15 minutes of the second half, he thought he was playing for Liverpool. (laughs) He had no idea what was going on. He he had no idea who he was playing for and they just disintegrated, they wilted. But look, Arsenal are doing okay. They, that's the weird thing, right? Arteta, the best thing about him is he never gets too high, never gets too low. Then he wants to have a punch-up with Jurgen Klopp over nothing. That mm. was the point where it all went. He fell yeah. into the trap. It was that's the trap, trap wasn't it? The, the manager trap. fell into it. The team fell into it. Um, look, I think Arsenal are still going to be in the top six, top seven. They're, they're an improving team. We should give them yeah. credit. They are improving, but... There's no surprise they're nowhere near Liverpool, but I was surprised at how much they fell apart towards the end. Yeah, they They'll gave the Liverpool a couple of games, so didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, we should look at obviously the big game from the weekend. The one with the most uh, repercussions was Watford against Manchester United. Yeah, and uh, it was couldn't it? go on, and it didn't go well, on. It, could, it was four one. I watched the watching the highlights. Could have been oh, eight one. Yeah, but could have been five, could, five, they had you know. so many fantastic chances. Watford, who were really really good. There were brilliant performances. Dennis was great. King was great. The goalkeeper was great. Uh, and Kulu at centre-half was fantastic. So Watford had some brilliant, brilliant performances. But the, the Man United showing, you know, the quote from David De Gea afterwards, which everyone is talking about, we don't know what to do with the ball and we don't know how to defend properly. Uh, yeah, Look at all the players today doing, and uh, yeah. over the weekend doing their, we're going to miss you, Ollie. You're yeah. a hero, Ollie. We love you, Ollie. We Wouldn't actually, run for Ollie, actually, would you? No, we can actually hear from Michael Carrick now, I think. 
you can tell by the emotion that was 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 around the place yesterday how what Oli meant to everyone. So we understand, and Oli obviously understands. I think he's, he said it himself that results in this business is is, is everything, and um, as, as much as you, you build the foundation and you create the right environment and the right culture and treat people the right way, sometimes you don't always get what you deserve, unfortunately. But I want to say a massive thank you to to Oli for, for, for certainly from me and, and and from the staff and. And as well as the players, because um, I learned an awful lot from him. He taught me a lot. Did he? Mm. Okay, we'll, we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to Michael Carrick going on a really good run of form, uh, getting the job in a couple of months' time, then having it for three years, then getting sacked for not being good enough. I look mm. forward to that happening now that's in the not, caretaker not, interim new manager happen. scenario. That won't, that won't happen. But the, all that sort of stuff, all the like, thanks, boss, thanks for everything. Like, you know, even the, I saw the Gary Never one yesterday. You, 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 you gave us back respectability. They've become the punchline of world football under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He seems like a lovely man. I, I, that's fine. But this should have happened, as you said earlier, and everyone has said a long, long time ago. The performance was completely pitiful. The, the, the executives at football clubs in general tend to not know what they're doing because they're playing with house money. But to now be thinking interim, there should have been someone in tomorrow when they sacked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They kind of just had the thought post-Watford they were going to do this <laughs> and I also found the interview with Solskjaer a bit unedifying because putting him in front of a camera all the tears and all that sort of stuff again he's a good man but also he could have resigned but he wanted to pay off like they all do and yeah. I, you know, I stand by him for that of course he should get his pay off he's earned it for the grief he's got mm. but let's not deify Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right he did a bad job or an okay job and now he's sacked the interview I thought was, was unnecessary The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast and this is Andy Jacobs and Charlie Baker with you through till four o'clock. Tom Rennie with us in the studio. We've already done most of the Premier League. Let's mm. do the rest of it. Tom, we're going to have to... We've done three games. Oh, right. Oh, well, yeah, games. but they were the ones people cared about, right? <laughs> Everyone <laughs> now is just waiting for Gareth Southgate, aren't they? <laughs> this is called the filler section until Southgate we'll, talks. We will be going to Gareth Southgate at some point. Wolves for West Ham. Was yes. that a shock? Great finish from Jimenez? It wasn't a shock because I think West Ham have been fantastic this season, but they're not quite at the level to do it every single week, every single game. And I think back to the Brent for game. It was very similar to that. There were players that were below their levels. There was nothing from Antonio. The three behind him didn't quite perform. And on the bench, you go to Yarmolenko. Uh, uh, you go to Vlasic. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, what else is there for West Ham? They couldn't make those offensive changes. And it was interesting as well that Ogbonna's out and now Zuma's gone left. When he was right and, Z- and Ogbonna was left, it meant a real good pairing. With Dawson on the right, it, it didn't quite make a lot of sense for West Ham. But look, I talk about West Ham because I love West Ham, but I thought Wolves were terrific. They played really, yeah, really well. He's done, he's quietly done a very good job, hasn't he? No question. Some of the football it. is fantastic as well. Look, they haven't been a very offensive team under Nuno when he's been in charge there, but they've always taken care of the football. Uh, and Bruno Large has brought in an offensive nature to them. Previously, it was uh, it was Trincao, and it was Huang Hee-chan, and it was Jimenez. This weekend, Pedence came in. Yeah. And the three up front really tore West Ham apart. There was wonderful movement, wonderful football. They took care of the ball. And, and frankly, if it wasn't for Lucas Fabianski, who's having a bit of a, a career revival at the moment at West Ham, Wolves could have won that 2 or 3 nil. Next up for West Ham is Man City mm. next, uh, next Sunday. That's a tough one, but still... They will finish that game unless Arsenal win like 5 or 6 nil or something yeah. or West Ham get thrashed. They'll still be fourth going into the 14th week of the season. So West Ham's still doing OK, but Wolves are going to push th- up there, you, You'd expect them to play like they did against Liverpool. And uh, yeah. it was kind of acceptance from Moyes that it hadn't been a great day. And you Yeah, know, but there has been it. so many good days. That's oh, the thing. Yeah. I, I think that individual players will have conversations this week about why they weren't at their best. And there's some elements that I've pointed out already, but... 
There have been so many above par, way above par performances. You can see why nobody at West Ham is going anywhere near the panic button. Mm. Even if they lost three or four games, if they lost in the Europa League on Thursday and they lost against Man City on the Sunday, I still don't think anybody would panic at West Ham because... They've got 23 points at this yeah. stage of the season. I think seven wins. You know, two seasons ago when they stayed up, it took till game 36, I think, to get to eight wins. Yeah. yeah. So, no, no, no they're you know. doing it. He's done a great job. Yeah. It started the Eddie Howe era in Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Eddie not there, which was a little bit of a disadvantage. But they've got, he's got a big job. They've got a lot to do, haven't they? Uh, defensively woeful. Like, fully woeful. I'm not quite sure who was meant to be marking who. They've got a five-man back line, and Rico Henry snuck in round the back for his goal, which made no sense at all. It was terrible defending. But I'll tell you what, Eddie Howe, what were that Bournemouth team famous for? It, it wasn't defending, right? No, it was yeah, going yeah, forward. Yeah, it was sure. scoring goals. We all love watching them for the first couple of he years. He got Joel Linton scoring Saturday. Unbelievable. Though Joe Linton, <laughs> you know, typically of Joe Linton, could have scored about nine, including the winner at the end when he just sort of <laughs> fell over. Like, it, it, it was so just, bizarre. It was a real shame, wasn't Everyone it? was just like, what just happened? Like, he didn't, he didn't seem to trip. He just sort of stopped. His body just shut down at the same... It was bizarre. But going forward, like, Son Maximan is so special. Oh, like, he's such it, yeah. a special player. Callum Wilson is a deadly Premier League striker. Get forward. Like, they scored three, and if they score three regularly, they'll win enough games to at least be competitive. I'd still have massive concerns over this squad staying in the Premier League, but they actually might be worth watching, Newcastle, which is not something any of us have been able to say for a long time. And and for Brentford, you know, hoof it and hope Stoke 2021. God bless them, they're still doing it, and I think they'll still be okay this season, but their injury list, I mean, that Alvaro Fernandez, God bless him in goal. He's nowhere near the quality of David Rea. They bet the house on a quality keeper and lost him, and, you know, he couldn't catch a cold guy, unfortunately. It's going to be a problem. It was interesting here Hearing Ivan Tony interviewed after the match, he's got a great speaking voice. If I was a, yeah, was really if I was old, a voiceover agent, I'd sign him. Yeah. So you want him to take your work? <laughs> well, no. What are you doing? I don't get any work. You should, you get the, you should both work. get the work. He What's gets going a lot on here? Work. Could he sell Suzuki's? I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel he another could. Thr- another thrill. Another I want to buy one now, having you heard you say it. <laughs> another thrill. Burnley three. Oh. Palace three. Terrible defending or great striking? Oh, Do you know what? I was, chatting to, um, I was chatting to a couple of people in the, the Palace staff a couple of weeks ago, and they said, I was saying about Benteke, he's scoring goals again. What's going on? And they said, we're just telling him to stay in the box. Don't do link play. Don't drift out wide. Yeah. Don't cross the ball. The conversation we've had about Kane for ages. Just get in the box. We'll get you the ball and you will score goals. Mm. He scored two. He could have scored six, but that's like the Benteke ratio. It amazes me. He that does miss with a prof- lot of with, with professional footballers. Yes. When, when they, they said, well, the manager's told me to, to run towards the goal a bit more. <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on, guys. Have you tried being near the goal? <laughs> yeah. and it's, you know, it's, it's a complicated game, isn't it, sometimes? But, no, I mean, another look, great performance from Conor Gallagher. Though. Conor Gallagher's... Assist for Benteke second was outstanding. But away from that, in the game itself, like he absolutely bossed the game at both ends of the field. His energy is fantastic. Uh, but again, every time I come in here and talk about Burnley, I want to talk about somebody else. I really do. But again, I've got to mention Maxwell Cornet. I mean, everyone is taking note of him now. The mm. volley was spectacular. Yeah, was so, what so good, the timing Great of it. Signing. But I'll tell you what as well, you know, Sean Dyche jokes about it a couple of weeks ago. He's always waving to the crowd, whatever. Works incredibly hard. Yeah. You aren't going to get in that team without working hard. And, and he does. And I think that Burnley, if they stay up, which I think they will, will do it on the back of this incredible talent. They've convinced someone to go from Leon to Burnley. Yeah. That's incredible, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's objectively incredible. Well, they'll do well to keep him there next season, but we'll see. Well, uh, well I think that's taking a that season note, at a time. For when, do you, when do you think Chelsea will be asking for Conor Gallagher back, Andy? Well, we'll see. Them. They'll have a look at it in the summer, won't they? You don't on... need him, do you? Well, they don't have Too good? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can turn down. You know, Gallagher, don't need him, mate. Top of the league. Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa. Mm. That was a tough game, actually. That was a real tough game. Um, it was a real even game. Look, we mentioned it earlier on about uh, a different team, about Leeds. 
Brighton, some of the football is fantastic. Tarek Lamptey, incredible. Leandro Trossard's feet up there in, with anyone in the Premier League. But they just need a sledgehammer. Where's the sledgehammer? Where's the guy who's going to wallop that ball towards mm, goal? Yeah. And multiple times they're around the box, near the box. And Trossard had one whack and Lamptey had another. Martinez was up to it in goal. But I don't see who is going to score goals for them. It's a massive, massive issue. And Villa looked better when he made the, the three changes. Ashley Young changed the game, I thought, when he came on. Because Douglas Luiz missing is huge with Villa. I'd put him up there with the likes of Declan Rice and Conor Gallagher Douglas Luiz. I think he's phenomenal in central midfield. Without him, there is no presence there. Ashley Young gave him that. And it was his intervention, his skill, his composure and his pass, which led to that Watkins brilliant goal. And that's why they went on to win it. But I don't think we learned much from any of the new managers currently, apart from do this side want to play from you? And I, I think the answer yeah. for all four of them this weekend was, yeah, yeah actually. It's we good if you win, though, your first home game like oh, that. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah and, vital. And same for Dean Smith. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, everybody was saying when Gilmore wasn't playing, you know, it was so obvious that he, there was something going wrong with Farker that he... Failed to use him and play the good players. Yeah. Have, you, have you thought about playing the good players again? It's an overcomplication mm. of a simple game. Do you have good players? Yes. Are you playing them? No. You're doing mm. something wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buy a Suzuki. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you're in a situation here where I thought Gilmore was fantastic. They brought Kentwell back as well. They had a fallout with Farker as well. He was brilliant on the day. But it is worth saying that McCarthy and Golf of Southampton let them both in. You know, they were they were. They were the, the, the Hanley header and the Pookie shot were yeah. pretty much at him and they were quite poor. Southampton are going to be, you know, just safe enough this season. I like Shea Adams, I like Armstrong, I, I like Broho and Livramento. They've got players who can score goals, players who, who can put on good performances, but if the keeper's going to throw the ball in the back yeah. of your own net, then you're in trouble. Yeah, they'll be all right. They, uh, yeah. we, we enjoyed Ralph's herringbone jacket. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I didn't notice piece. the, the outfit this week. Piece. What was he wearing? Three-piece this week. Yeah, it's unusual. Don't, you don't yeah, see yeah. that fabric. A little bit of things. Like, herringbone. Herringbone. Oh, I'm pleased that's coming it's back. It's what they call it's strobes <laughs> on camera. So, it, it, you it know, does. you won't be able to do any interviews <laughs> after the match. It's, just, so. it's a brilliant technique. It's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> I think the only one we haven't done now. We've got through it all. Oh, Chelsea. Leicester nil. Chelsea. Look at me zooming. Where is Gareth Southgate? I'm zooming I mean, through no, these. There's so much more to you, say. You've whizzed through it. I mean, rather, let's go over them all again. <laughs> no, no. But rather than look at Chelsea, who obviously are playing really well. At yeah, the moment, yeah, really good. I think Leicester. Good you know, you people talking about Rogers for United and all that, but Leicester, not what they were in any shape or form. I know they've no, got injuries. Missing Tielemans. Really missing Tielemans. Well, uh, yeah, Tielemans was a massive miss, but also there was no Ricardo Pereira. There's no been Fafana all season. You know, again, you're relying on Jamie Vardy. Dak has done it in fits Justin. and starts. He, yeah. It's fits and starts. He and Acho's back on the bench again. Madison came off the bench. Justin, you've mentioned. It is a lot of injuries, but also there's no confidence on the football and what leads to the Rudiger corner was no one seemed to know where to pass the ball and it goes mm. back to the Antonio Conte hair transplant treatment someone needed to give them a bit of a where's your confidence carry the ball forward that's Tielemann's job of course yeah. but if he isn't there there was no one doing it and Chelsea were incredibly professional and, and they knew they were playing a team that maybe wouldn't be able to play through the thirds and they manipulated the situation fantastically but they've got great squad rotation and, and currently Leicester don't. It's up to Brendan Rodgers now to come up with a new idea. The old idea is not working. This is where we find out what coaches are made of. First, it's motivation. Secondly, it's a new idea. But conceding from set plays continuously, that is a coaching issue, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. But I think that that is something that hasn't been synonymous with Leicester during the Brendan Rodgers era. There's something happening right now that needs to be worked on and will be worked on. I'd be more concerned about how they're playing in the centre of the field and approaching the offensive third than the way they're defending certain situations. Because they're a football-playing team, but currently the football isn't working. And there's a few teams, you know, Arsenal were doing it as well. If that first bit doesn't work, 
What's the second idea? What's the third idea? Do we go wide? Do we go long? Do we go over the top? What do we do? At the moment, Leicester were kind of aimlessly passing it, almost begging and Golo Conte, please, just take the ball off us. Yeah. We don't know what to do here, please. That was a and great goal go. as well, wasn't it? Conte's Did goal. he celebrate? I can't no, recall him. Sort of. He did celebrate. He's always happy, he's isn't he? Such a nice young man. I think, I mean, he had enough room to acres of space yeah. to yeah. get him. It was like an old football. You watch old football, there's like a load of room on the pitch. It's, there are massive problems there, but this is why it's, it's interesting, the whole Brendan Rodgers-Man United links, right? Because right now, it's probably the biggest test of Brendan Rodgers' coaching career for the last four or five years, you know. And, and I want to see what he has got here, because the injuries, are go- they're not going away anytime soon, so he's got to come mm. up with a new way of playing. He's got to come up with something that, you know, currently there is no distinct pattern of play for Leicester, and they're kind of losing games rather pitifully. They go into a game, and it's all... Lost when they walk out there. First United, goal conceded. United need a top echelon manager at the top yeah. of his game. Not and a, today not as well. Mourinho that was not not years ago not somebody uh, who ones. they're going to wait for. Like why would they have Carrick as interim for an extended period of time, followed by mm. maybe Pochettino? Pochettino well, needs to go and win win the league with Paris Saint Germain. Get your trophies, Rogers style. Get them in your yeah. on your CV and say, okay, I, I won a couple of leagues now, and then and then take it. Why would take it now? I mean, I know it's Man United. That's why you take it now. Unlimited money, unlimited profile, but. Um, if they're willing to wait, which is insane, but if they are willing to wait, uh, I, I, you know, what does Cristiano think about that? Considering they're basically saying, you know, this last like eighteen months of your career, six months of it, just ride it off, mate. Here's Michael yeah. Carrick. Yeah, very, we're, very we're waiting for Gareth Southgate. What, what yeah. do you make of the idea of giving him a contract before the World Cup? Would, would it not have been a better idea to wait to see how we get on? Well, I think Gareth Southgate has delivered two of the the best tournaments of my lifetime, and so if he wanted a new contract, then I, I see no reason why England wouldn't have offered him one. It's all about the compensation at the end of the day, right? The contracts aren't necessarily worth what they're written on, and I'm sure there'll be some clause to walk away, to break away mm. from it on both sides post mm. the World Cup. Maybe, yeah. I would have preferred them to wait to see how we got on. I think it might well be the last tournament for Gareth Southgate that he goes into, because the first one, you know, bit of a mulligan. The second one was fantastic, though we should have won it, but the big games that England lost they lost in the exact same way so has he learned something I hope he has I've got a lot of faith in Gareth Southgate for what he's delivered for England but I think that the contract or no contract they'll give us some middle management stuff here and I look forward to it Uh, but essentially if we get knocked out of the group stages I don't think he'll be seeing us through the next European Championship I don't know if you saw him um, at the audience with Adele on uh, Sunday night no Um, I didn't see that he was in the third row dancing to rolling in the deep so I didn't know if the new contract I couldn't see him because Emma Thompson was in the way (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it was a come and get me plea to Strictly and and that's why they've that's why they've given him the new contract no I didn't see that though I did see her teacher get pulled out of the crowd to to hug her which I thought was very very nice Charlie did the warm-up for the whole thing. I'm not bringing it up because of that. No, well, I, you know, and I, I'm not, you know... <laughs> maybe now, I, maybe was, Ivan Tony would love to go at that cr- as well. And yet she got Alan Carr <laughs> to go up and not you during that bit. You must be furious. I warmed up for Alan Carr. That see, there the you go. Right, okay now, yes, okay, now I see why. So so did you get any singing in, in the show <laughs> at all? Did they ask you to go up afterwards? I didn't no? have to do anything, Tom. Good, that's um, a shame. You know, maybe Ivan Tony would like to do it next time. Yeah, And, you know, he seemed to be trying to get him all my other gigs. So you're listening to Ivan Tony and Andy Jacobs on the Hawksby and Jacobs don't give my ideas. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Charlie Baker and Andy Jacobs uh, with you through till four o'clock. Delighted to be joined in the studio by Bill Bailey. Good afternoon, Bill. Uh, good afternoon. Very nice to see you. A, a, a bona fide, a triple threat. Uh, music, comedy, and you're great with a knife. I understand. Yeah, that, that's you know. right. Yeah, survival <laughs> skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a whittler, whittling, yeah. whittling champion. Strictly come whittling. Oh, lovely, yeah. No, a dancer, of course. Obviously. Are you, are you watching it keenly, or do you avoid it now like the plague? 
Well, do you know what, though? I, I have been watching it yeah. only because it's still quite fresh in my mind yeah. and I know exactly what they're all going through. Yeah. And I'm quite interested to watch it from a, you know, an observer's perspective, knowing exactly what's, what's happening. So um, it's been quite fascinating to watch. Incredible standard of dancing this yeah. season. Amazing. It is so. So it was your your era was well, pretty great as well, much. And, you, and, you, and you won it. Did you know you had it in you secretly going in? No, not at all. No, I mean I'm, I'm completely, uh, you know, a, a non-dancer. You know, a sort of, um, uh, uh, and I mean I like dancing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. if there's a social situation <laughs> that requires a bit of dancing, I'll flail around like the rest of them. But you know, disciplined choreography, that's totally different. So Has your was... social dancing improved? Well, I, I wish I'd had the opportunity for a bit of oh, social yeah, dancing. True. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but, uh, there was this um, yeah, pandemic yeah. Oh, on, yeah, you know. Very good point, yeah, I forgot about that. And, and is it sort of new, I mean, you're pretty famous anyway, but I mean, yeah. is it kind of new levels of fame when you do a show like Strictly? Uh, I think that certainly you become, you know, in the spotlight a lot more. You become sort of much more of a ta- target for tabloids, you know, like um, tweets, you Instagram photos end up in the front pages yeah. of newspapers mm-hmm. in a way that they perhaps hadn't before. Uh, so yes, there is a little bit more um, scrutiny, perhaps, um, but superficially, I suppose that's part of the occupational hazard of being in the public eye. But what I have noticed is that people, when I walk along the street, people used to say, "Oh, isn't that that bloke off the? Um, isn't he the?" Bit? And now they just hum the Strictly theme oh, to yeah. me. <laughs> as a little call and response. So they yeah. go da 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 da, and I look and I go da 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 like that, and that's a little contract. Is sort of and I just walk off. (laughs) And we didn't realise how Charlie was saying in the break. We didn't realise how sporting you are, but you are. You you love. I love sport, and I have since I was a kid. You know, it's like always. It's. um, I mean, I guess I suppose we were just talking about it. Then it's like it's something if you play it. As a kid in school, perhaps you get a taste for it, your love for it. You have mm. a parent or someone or grand. Mike has a grandparent who mm. used to take me to watch the cricket, and um, I was in the cricket team at school, and yeah. uh, so I, I just got a, a, a love for it, I suppose, from an early age. So you weren't scared of your fingers for the piano playing, or what did you? Le- what was the first <laughs> instrument you played? <laughs> the piano. Well, well it, some people don't play play instrument play cricket oh, because of the hard ball breaking right. their fingers. Then ruining, ruining their, their future their, music career. Oh, you see, no, that never occurred to me. Nobody ever flagged that up until now. Now you're telling me. I've been living under this risk for years. Yeah, I know. Disaster. Yeah. You're walking a tightrope I mean, without knowing it. Without knowing, exactly. Oh, who knew? No, uh, I never really, no, I never thought that. I mean, I just, I guess, um, I guess the sort of thing you don't really think about as a kid, you know, you just sort of get on with it. I mean, yeah. I never thought I'd be playing the piano still now in, yeah. a, in a professional context. Look, people love you, love love what you do. Your yeah. audiences love you. People go. And What's watch... that like? No, 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 no. People go. And... What, what I mean is, Andy. What I mean is, people go and watch comedians, and, that and, they have, and they have a great night out. Mm. But I think you have you have almost disciples who who, who, who which some comedians do get, and that turn up at every single thing yes, you do. And, that's true. No, that what, is true. Like Queen fans, they're all bonkers, you know. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> bonkers. Yes, that's right. And they'll come and quote lines to you yeah. that you said to them in like you know 1994. Remember that time when I said this, and you came back with that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and uh, and that's great. And I, but you know what? The thing is, I've been a fan as well, so yeah. I know what it's like. I like. I mean, I'm a fan of you know music, huge music fan, and and sporting fan as well. So when you meet people that you've been your idol, then I, yeah. I get that. 
And, um, you know, I've, I've had that when I've met people. I met Paul McCartney. I was just turned into a gibbering wreck. Yeah. I was trying to sort of say all this kind of yeah. this stuff to him that was, you know, profound. Because I thought, I can't just say, yeah. I think you're great. Because I think, you know, like <laughs> he's never a, heard that before. You want an even professional footing when you met. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to say something that he's going to remember. And I tried to yeah. write. I, the, the fourth verse of Blackbird is really, really great. <laughs> exactly. I was literally, it was like that. It was a real pretentious thing. I was trying to say, you know, your work. Work, your songs are more than songs. They're greater than songs. <laughs> They're like memes. They're woven into the tapestry of our culture. Yeah, and, rock on. And, and, I, and I was, I was well, a bit nervous. No, me. no, it never came out. I went, you're, you know, <laughs> with like um, them songs. It's all like woven, isn't it? And it's just gibberish. Oh, so there we are. So you sort of well. fanboyed over I did. Paul McCartney yeah, I did. and. Uh, and what, what did you start, what instrument did you start start on, Bill? Uh, well, we had an old um, upright piano in the front room, Lovely. so I, I started on that, and uh, when I was very young, um, I was probably only just as tall and high enough to get on the stool to get and play yeah. it. I was three or four years old. And um, my mum, bless her, she used to encourage me a lot and get me to play tunes, and I had this facility that I could pick tunes off the radio. Like, I listened to the radio, and I'd be able to remember the tune and yeah. pick the pitch of it as well. So very soon, very early on, I realised I had perfect pitch, which is this, mm. you can just pick a note out of the you know out of the air, and uh, so that was it really. I sort of just I had a, an, a, an affinity with the piano, and I just kind of kept playing it. Um, and then I got lessons, then I taught myself the guitar, taught myself the drums, and then sort yeah. of picked up instruments along the way. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Charlie Baker and Andy Jacobs, and we've got Bill Bailey in the studio. Bill, when you start, you're starting a new tour, En Route to Normal, opening in Plymouth on yeah. December the 12th. Do you start with a blank page, an idea, a philosophical thought? How does it start? Yeah, it, it starts actually with a, with a lot of things, really. It could be a news item, something that I've read, a fact, some odd thing that just floats around your head, a bit of music. And gradually you start to sort of put these little disparate elements together and then you kind of it starts to coalesce around one theme and you think, All right, okay, that's a that's a bit now. Yeah. And then I think of another then some other fact will kind of bubble up into my head or a memory. A lot of what I'm writing is been a lot of it has been a deep dive into memory because mm. of course a lot of what I, inspiration I get is from travel because that, that hasn't really been on the menu for a bit. So it's been a lot of it is yeah. memories, mm. childhood memories, stuff that's, you know, worked into this sort of theme. You've done a lot of live shows, and a lot of your material is on YouTube. Does that drive you mad? That or people can well, there's nothing much you can do about it, mm. really. I mean, it's just a kind of occupational hazard. Initially, that we we sort of got a bit, oh, you know, we thought, oh, so much of this stuff is out there, and yeah. then you kind of think, and you, and people do, and we did try initially fruitlessly to sort of take stuff down, but then of course somebody just sets up a new account and it's up again the next day, so it's yeah. just pointless. You might as well just accept it that it's part of the thing. And part of it is you can try and use it to your advantage. It is all good promotion, I guess, at the end of the day. Try and drive people to come and watch you yeah, live, I exactly, suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. when do you add the music? Does it all come at once? Do you think, oh, that's a bit where I can add the song or I can add the music or do you I, write the joke first? How does it work? I think that, um, yeah, the, the, the idea comes first. You know, like, say, for example, um, you know, singing uh, um, Old MacDonald in the style of Tom Waits. You know, that's just... <laughs> That just kind of it's comes to you, idea, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, so then it's just really about the execution of that and how you make that work. Or you know, Kraftwerk sing the hokey cokey. You know, it's like you just get a, a, a kind of a combination of elements, and um, you, then you just have to put it together. Yeah, lovely. lovely. You've written a self-help book. So how did that? Well, go? it was. I wouldn't call it really that. I mean, 
this oh, was the, it was, is this the remarkable guide to happiness? It was a guide to did, happiness, Did you find yeah. it? I, so, Happiness. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was, uh, certainly was quite happy when I was writing it. Um, uh, I think, what, right, I'd, I'd say it wasn't really a self-help book. I'd say that it was more about a recollection of a memoir, really, about times when... I experienced something that was akin to happiness, yeah. I thought, that was a bit more meaningful than perhaps, say... I think people sort of ascribe happiness to the wrong things. They ascribe it to gratification, pleasure, hedonism, which mm-hmm. is all fine, but it's not lasting. And I think that what I was aiming for was something that it was more sustainable, I guess. Happy you know. happy moments happy, rather than yeah, a, a, that's an right. overall happy... A contentedness, a yeah. sense of that rather than just, oh, that was great. We, well, we won. Oh, we didn't. Oh, we didn't. Oh, that was a good <laughs> night, you know. One thing I read you started doing was taking your dad with you on... You often, you often got offered trips or yeah. offered big jobs away and, and travelling and you thought, well, my dad... You started taking your dad with you. Yeah, that's right. Well, after my mum died, um, and I, it was at a time when I was... Um, it was quite it was about 15 years ago and I was starting to get a lot of work and I was sort of, you know, starting to... My career was kind of going quite well and I'd just become a dad and things were going well and my, my dad was on his own. And so I just... Uh, I thought... I know I I was sort of worried a bit. I mean I was, I was concerned for him. I just mm-hmm. didn't want him to be on his own at that time. And so I said, I said, do you want to go to Brazil, Dad, and look at jaguars? In the, in the, and he kind of just went, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Never been there before. Yeah. So so cut to me and my dad in like a sort of off-road buggy bouncing through the sort of wetlands of Brazil trying yeah. to find a jaguar. It was one of the most exciting things he's ever done. It was brilliant. So yeah. um, you know he came he came on a lot of those trips for me. And we really, your team is QPR. Why, why QPR? Well, when I first came to London, um, which was many years ago when I first was studying uh, at London University, I lived in Queen's Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I sort of, I lived there, that was my first flat, really. And I guess I had a sort of a, a residual fondness for it. And, um, and then when I moved from um, that, that first place, eventually bought a place in, um, in Hammersmith, I'm literally up the road from from uh, you know Loftus Road, yeah, so yeah, sure. so I'm sort of uh, that's they are literally mm. my on more more or less the doorstep, yeah. and so it kind of seemed it seemed right. Oh, well, they're one of those teams where that feels very accessible. The the the, the, the you're so tight to yeah. the to the pitch and the, the, the exactly. ground's so good that I think if you turn up there, you get a real proper football experience. Absolutely, you know, definitely. coming from the I'm from the West Country, from yes. the West Country, you know, just yeah. to go to sort of West London and be there. When it's big well, like that, how come you stuck with talking? Well, I just have to. <laughs> Once it's in you, you can't do anything about it. <laughs> I know, but you're right. No, it is. It, it feels like that. It feels like you know, it's surrounded by by streets, rows of houses. You know, and I think that's. It's almost got that slight sort of romantic feel of the how football was. Mm. You know, and and also, um, yeah, it's just, it's right right on the doorstep and. Uh, um, and a friend, a friend, in fact, a friend of mine was a, a, a huge QPR fan, like a season ticket holder from, from way, way back. And they actually bought a house. They got a house that was backed onto the stadium. Yeah. And it's the day the ball landed in his garden. <laughs> so I think that was. <laughs> greatest I think day that of his was life. the greatest day of his life. Yeah. <laughs> you say you've, got per- say you've got perfect pitch when you're on the. Uh, on the terraces, and a song. One of the songs starts. Yeah, you're very aware when it's you've started. It's too high, lads. 
This is good. This is. <laughs> this, you, ever a good stand, point. you ever stand there going, yeah. you are not going to reach the You'll top? You'll never notes. get to the top there. No. <laughs> yeah. The Champions League theme is that. That is. Yeah, yeah. That, try and high. sing that. that oh, is, no, you you'll you'll never walk there. alone. It just goes. If you start too high, you've had it. Yeah. You've got to really. You've got to start yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> to get the hot note. To top exactly, that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I get that. It, it grates a lot of the time. Yeah. You're yeah. right. And paddle boarding is another passion we read. Is that true? Yeah, yes, it is. Um, that's all right. So, yeah, a little bit of, uh, yeah, another uh, thing I'd love to do. Um, I started doing this years ago, and uh, I, it was one of those things where my son was sort of, you know, I wanted him to get a bit more confident in the water. And so while he was learning to swim and surf, I just thought, oh, I'll take this up. This looks like something that, you know, a dad should do. Mm. And uh, I, I realised I could do it quite easily. It's yeah. quite So I got the balance for it. So I go on the Thames quite a lot. Lovely. I go take a paddleboard up and, you know, see, see all manner of stuff up there. So dolphin in the Thames. Which is quite, so you could have come from Hammersmith. You I could have technically, today. I could have paddleboarded <laughs> there's, here. There's yeah. a shoal of ch- uh, bluefish tuna off Cornwall at the moment. Is it? Yeah, big shoal of cheap bluefish, proper big bluefish right. tuna down there at the moment. Wow. So get down there. God, really? Get down, get I down know, there, have a look. Are you some sort of tuna twitcher? <laughs> have you got like a sort of... Are you one of those people with a pager? And it's beeping right tuna. now going, Tuna, tuna! <laughs> get yourself down there, sharpish! <laughs> it's only because I read it just before I came you on air. You say that, you say that. You, you talk, anyway, when you're down in Plymouth on December the 12th... You I can, can go, talk about that. I'll open the, with that. Cross the bridge, get down to Cornwall and see the tuna. I, I That'd met, be nice. I met a man in Croatia who catches tuna in Croatia and they all go they I all thought it was a limerick they all end up <laughs> <laughs> they, they, in Croatia, Croatia. <laughs> they all end up in Japan oh do they For he was a big fan money. of Eurasia <laughs> <laughs> he never caught them and that's as far as I've got because yeah. they yeah, go rude that, they? that's the extent of my tuna anecdotes I'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> do you miss he went out with a woman called Anastasia no, no, I knew you'd no, work it out I knew you were sitting there going he's gone quiet he loves something <laughs> um, your tour en route to normal opens do you miss yes. just one last question do you miss being in a, a gang of people going to a gig like early Days you must yeah. have all been together, you know, because all, all your all your a lot, lot of your comics you started out with yes. got got very big and very famous, didn't That's they? That's right. Know? Do, you do you know? What? Do you miss that gang uh, element of there it? There is very much a sense of that. Not, you, not, know. you don't miss the money, but you uh, know. Well, <laughs> but no, you're right. The camaraderie was was fantastic, and you know, I remember vividly getting in a in an old beaten up old sort of car and. Me and a bunch of comics who probably will, everyone will know, like Eddie Izzard, Jack mm. D, Sean Locke, Mark Lamar. We'd all go off and we went to like a gig outside of London, played, did a, had a great laugh, made each other laugh, drove home. And those days, I just yeah. I, they, they were wonderful times. But um, yeah, no, it was it was great fun. You make you make great friendships in those yeah. in those situations. Fantastic. Yeah. Is so it like, like that now for you? Um, yes, yes, it, no, it is. Not at the moment, obviously. Yeah, him and, his, him and his tuna mates. They're always. <laughs> what, you mean me and the tuna guys? <laughs> We're out there with our nets. You know, we do ethically source our tuna, of course, though. I will just say that oh, before. Thank you. That's good yeah. news. Difficult getting it in those little tins. Um, Bill Bailey, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you, you in the studio. Thank mm, you so much. Absolutely. Your tour, En Route to Normal, opens in Plymouth on December the 12th, and you can find all tickets at billbailey.co.uk. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Food at football's got out of hand, don't you think, Andy? In what sense? It's, just, oh, it's a bit of a fuss, isn't it? Not really. It's the fuss. same just old... Chips, we want. Bag, bag of chips, something like pie. Yeah, pie dogs, or pies. chips, that's what you want. Hot dogs, pies. It's, yeah, it seems, yeah, you know, it's only if you go somewhere to a fancy like Tottenham or, you know, yeah, the Emirates or something. The cheese like cupboard. 
Yeah. What have uh, you got for us? I've got this. I was reading, uh, it was a quote from Tyson Fury. It fascinated oh, me. He's lovely. talking about uh, whether he fights Dillian White. He said, I'm due an easy fight, so Dillian would have been ideal. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me if it's Dillian White, Dillian Blue, or Dillian Grey. I love Dillian Gray. He looks younger in every fight. <laughs> Tremendous. Did he really say they went through the colours? He did, actually. He was there going, I don't know who he's going to fight. I was reading about this company today called Omelette. They make uh, the coops and high-vis vests for chickens. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Who knew? Why would a chicken, a, why would a chicken need a high-vis vest? So the foxes can see them easier at night. <laughs> Just <laughs> foxes, they'll come in that's at good, night. That's a good thing. They can't find them. You know that thing at the end of a Grand Prix? We're going to talk about the Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, yeah see Morris yeah. Hamilton in a minute. The driver's yeah. radio. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, that sort of conversation that Lewis has with the, with yeah. the thing. Well done, guys. Well done, Lewis. Great job this weekend. <laughs> and then somebody else said, "Let's go to Saudi Arabia." I think, oh no, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It is that odd that, isn't it? That's Toto yeah. Wolf, I suppose. Yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult. The old the old drivers' radio, isn't mm. it? It's, it's never in particularly good clarity. No. And I, I'd like to hear them throughout the just commenting on themselves. <laughs> So I took that corner well. Oh, I'm going to really go fast down this bit. That'd be lovely. Yeah, it could, could be good. Uh, Gareth Bale is working with a uh, chicken company to... Oh, uh, Hi-Viz? No, no. Uh, the Dirty Bird Chicken Company to feed punters his indoor golf bar. I'm sure it's going to be delicious. I hope it's a lot better than the steak at his bar in... Uh, in Wales, in oh. Cardiff, that we ate during the summer. Not a good steak? It was the worst steak I've ever had. Oh, no. I know. The reviews are in. It was. What it, was wrong with it? It was terrible. In, in what way was it terrible? Just dry? Grey. A grey steak. Grey steak. Yeah. There we not, are. Not delicious. There we are. Tough, tough and dry. What can you do? There we are. Wow, we. What a great combination. Yeah. That's it. That's it, is it? Well, I've got other stuff. Uh, but, got loads of that. What? Oh, you know. Don't, don't want to give us the I'll other stuff? <laughs> Just keeping that for yourself. Well, yeah? you never know. It's, we might lose a guest and I'll have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I like to hold a little bit back. A Sabutio streaker with a diving Sabutio steward in a high vis <laughs> jacket, Alan Lewis thinks is a good idea. Very good idea. There we are. Scott High and Rebecca Lowe in a show following the good and bad <laughs> of the Premier League. It's highs and lows. It's good. There it we works. are. There is that song because I got high. Have you ever heard that song? I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that song on air, but I think Bradley from Mill Hill is referencing that in his in his uh, text that I'm probably not allowed to read out, so I won't be reading it, Bradley. But I've sort of <laughs> given the, the I've given the gist. It's like you with your other bits. We'll never hear them. <laughs> to the backdrop of sexy music, Scott High reveals one upper leg at a time in his new show, Hi-Fi. That's from... I don't get that one. Jamie in Nottingham. Thigh, I think. Uh, oh, high thigh. There it is. Thank you very much. Scott does a three-part documentary on recovering alcoholic ex-footballers high and dry. That's mm. Ian in Weed Hampstead. Love the show. He says he loves the show. That's, well, that's very that's nice. Good. Thank you. Isn't it? Very, very nice. And then uh, the last one. Sabutio Sound System which plays you're getting sacked in the morning to your mate when you beat him. But just, just very tiny That's little speakers. a really speakers. good idea. Very tiny little speakers. That would be really, really good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. International cricket returns to TalkSport 2. That's what the crowd wants to see. This Thursday, TalkSport 2 is the only place to hear live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the first test match between New Zealand and India. Live from Green Park, Kampur. This is modern-day cricket at its best. Featuring a big 
big hitting commentary lineup, including Neil Manthorpe, Jarrod Kimber, Steve Harmison, and Gareth Batty. India stepping up through the gears. That was effortless. Exclusive ball by ball commentary of India versus New Zealand, live from Kampur, starts this Thursday. Exclusively on TalkSport 2. Listen on DAB, online, and via the TalkSport app. Good. What's that? Ball by ball commentary? Yeah, the cricket, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two of the best teams in the world, really. Yeah, yeah. India and New Zealand. Are you looking forward to the Ashes, Andy? I am. Yes. Yes. Do you think England have a chance? More of a chance than we had before Tim Payne and yes. Ben Stokes came back. So, yeah, we've got, I think, decent chance. Should be a good series. Should be a very good series. I think it can be very, very tight indeed. Very, very. Uh, Pub Sabutio. Just wondering whether that could take place on a pool table. That's a good idea, isn't it? That's a good idea. Okay. This is Stuart, the QPR fan. Uh, obviously six places for the crowd speakers. That's a good idea. And uh, he enjoyed the comment about the streaking model, which apparently you can get. Oh, really? You can get in, in men and women. What, a, a Subutio streaker? Yes. Wow. Tiny little naked person. Do you flick him on or do you just uh, place him Look, on? what you do in your own time is up to you, Andy. <laughs> you, <laughs> it's up to you. You know, I don't want, whatever you want to do is in your private time. A Sabutio supporter figures with a cut-down sparkler left over from bonfire night would do the trick for the... I think we said yeah. earlier, have they got little uh, yeah. little flares, didn't we? There That's we are. Good. So, I played in a Bunbury game where a woman ran onto the pitch topless. Yeah. I've got this amazing photo of me looking quite <laughs> askance, but David English, the sort of basically chasing after her. <laughs> was he? Yes. She, she was definitely doing it of her own accord. He wasn't oh, just yeah. chasing after her. No, no, she oh, can't. very good. I don't know what made her do it. And there we are. There we are. Um, Drink. We're, 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 we're probably <laughs> makes people do most things. We're awaiting David O'Dotty about his new uh, oh, I see. Uh, right. cycling show. Um, you said earlier on, Andy, in case well, a guest yeah, doesn't turn true. up, you'd kept some things in in behind. If that's your experience yeah. showing through. Let's hear some of those golden things. <laughs> you might live up to that. It's a, it's a waste of ink in the sun from Jimmy Erdington. Oh, yeah. He writes, Solskjaer never let Manchester United down. The overplayed players did. You think, it's such a lack of understanding about how football works, isn't it? You know, if that was the case, they wouldn't need a manager, would they? I don't think he tried to let them down. I just think he was out of his depth. And it, and it, and it felt like he was out of his depth from day one. Oh, Absolutely. You know, you can yeah. only get so far on on enthusiasm and mm. and wanting to win. You have to have something to back it up. Yeah. Your boys play football, don't they? You must have watched a lot of youth football. Oh, this story surprised me. So Rod Stewart has had a pop at parents who shout abuse at his son's football matches. I mean, we know this is really common. Yeah. Uh, he coaches the young hoops team for which his 10-year-old Aidan plays. And he's mm. shocked at the language directed at him, the referee and players at the games near his Essex. I mean, it's Sir Rod Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> Surely if you saw him on the tunnel, you wouldn't start swearing at him just because your son's not... God, team's gone a goal behind. I can imagine you... you, you if, if Rod Stewart turns up and he's on the sideline, you're going to probably have a, you know, it's quite obvious, isn't it? You know, but if they're would under tens, I wouldn't have a go. No, I wouldn't have a go at all. I think it's unbelievable. <laughs> parents having a go at kids and their parents at football. Anyway, we can hear from David O'Dotty, but first, let's hear a bit of his new show. Hello. Where are you taking me? It's now going really fast. <laughs> I promise you a coastal cycle. Exploring Britain's most beautiful scenery on two wheels along stunning cycle routes. It feels like I'm going into a sort of constable painting a bit. Come on, Grandad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You check behind for the chasing pack. There's no sign of them. 
Thank you, David. Sounds fun. It sounds fun. Now, David is one of David joins us on the line. Hello, David. Thanks so much, you guys. It's nice to talk about my favourite thing. It is. Well, it is, it is your favourite thing, and I know it is. Um, I've, I follow you on Instagram. I've, I've uh, uh, gigged you with you in the past, and you always turn up on an absolutely beautiful bicycle, one that looks nice, is designed beautifully, and sometimes in Edinburgh, you end up giving it away in your show at the end, don't you? Yeah, I give it in the last show of Edinburgh. I buy a bike on the first day, and I give it to the person with the best reason why they should have it uh, <laughs> at the end of the last gig. So it started off where people would genuinely have reasons. They'd say, oh, my bike was stolen last week or whatever. But in the last few years, people have started, you know, writing songs about why they should have the bike and putting in a little too much effort. Mm. And in that situation, I just give it to a kid and really give it to an old student, yeah. But, but given the cost of doing Edinburgh, it's incredibly generous of you to add to your burden. David sells out. He makes well, a I fortune know. from Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to work in a bike shop. So I um, I have the healing hands that can buy a bike for 50 quid and turn it into a bike that could be worth up to 75 quid. That <laughs> <laughs> cycling in Ireland, especially in the mid-90s, was huge, wasn't it? Absolutely huge. Is that how you how you got into it? I mean, my origin story with cycling is nuts. There was a kid on my road called Stephen Wallace, who, when his parents went out, instead of drinking a can behind the shed, used to take uh, the washing machine to bits. And Stephen Wallace's grandfather was Barnes Wallace, who had invented the bouncing bomb wow. in the Second World War. So there was just this insane engineering gene that went through their family. And he taught me how to uh, take a bicycle to pieces. And yeah, I went through kind of BMXing and mountain biking. And then there was this bizarre fluke period where in the late 80s, Ireland had the number one and number two ranked cyclist in the world. So we all wanted to win the Tour de France then. So, I mean, that's when I got really serious before I realized that... uh, I preferred eating cake to cycling up mountains. <laughs> now you got some very good celebrities that you go cycling with, Grayson Perry, Richard Ehewadi, Mel Gidroik, and Joe Wilkinson, to name but a few. And do they supply their own bikes, or do you give them a bike to sort of use? Uh, well, Grayson was a champion. A lot of people don't know this about Grayson Perry. He was a champion mountain biker in the 90s. So he has all of, of the kids. And he is, he is, I know, strings to the bow. He's also about three times fitter than me. So we cycled up the biggest mountain in the Brecon Beacons, and he could have kept going for another three days afterwards. So there's a variety of, you know, I will tell you that one of the guests had a hidden motor inside their frame. So they could just hit that juice button if they needed it. But I'm happy for people to be out on bikes regardless of whether they have a little motor hidden. It's better than taking drugs, which is what cyclists used to do in the 1990s. I I mean, I I discovered road biking, I'd say about four years ago, and having always been a a, a bit sort of... I always think it looked like a, a, a bit of a lonely men's sport <laughs> trying 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 to get away from their families basically for as long as possible but once you once you do start doing it and you do find you can go you know uh, you can go a long way in a day you know it is the most relaxed i've ever felt doing sport and the most rewarding um sporting exercise i've, I've ever done yeah i think about this a lot there's all, i think with me there's all you know like science still can't explain why bikes 
stay upright. It's genuinely one of the unsolved mysteries of physics. And because and, I can still remember before I could cycle, I used to look at it and just think, oh, those people are obviously wizards. I'll never be able to do that. <laughs> and the fact that I can do it now, it's like a magic trick that's just never lost that kind of whoa. Yeah. Now, tonight's uh, episode one, it's, it is Richard Awardy. Had you ever done Travel Man with him or is, is this the first time you've worked together? We've worked together on a few things. No, I never did uh, Travel Man. And also, I'd never seen Richard Iwadi's legs before, his bare naked legs. And he is an absolute physical specimen. He is riding a three-speed Brompton up quite large hills. Lovely. And the only, the only way to do that is just to aggressively attack it. And he's so fit. It was insane. It's amazing. You wouldn't, looking at him, you wouldn't necessarily think no. that, would you? Yeah. Don't, no, no, that's the thing about cycling. It's a different physical exercise altogether compared to every, everything else. Um, where else do you go in, in the series? We go, we'll be, so we're heading for Dungeness tonight. Uh, Northumberland Coast with uh, Mel Gedroich. I mean, that was, uh, I'd never been up there before. And just the, the Lindisfarne, the tidal mm, island, beautiful. where you have to time mm. it perfectly to get there yeah. and get back. And that's something that we nearly make a mess out of. And then uh, Joe Wilkinson ran the Suffolk countryside. That's a real pastoral uh, beauty with uh, Joe, who's definitely used to uh, a different landscape. And then you know, up the mountains of Wales with Grayson Perry. So I'd like to think of it as, Kind of like Mario Kart, where <laughs> every episode is a slightly different track. Now I love you. It I love the fun, show. Yeah, yeah it sounds great. Mm. Sounds a very sort of uh, uh, gone fishing sort of territory, uh, mm. which I'm assuming you're hoping for the success of that as well. You know, but uh, I love your stand-up shows, David. I think you're very such a funny, funny bones man. Um, the fa- one of my favourite things that you do is when you sing your beef songs and you tell everyone what's annoying you that year, other than the pandemic. What's been annoying you this year? Oh, my goodness. Well, electric scooters. <laughs> I don't want to set up a hierarchy of beef here between different modes of transport. I think I think part of it is just, I mean, they're mostly dudes on them, and it's like they're in a rush back to their childhood and the gifts they never received. So, uh, also, no one knows how to park them or where to park them, so they're just lying on the path. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and are you touring at the moment? No, I, I, I'm, I kind of ditched all of my bits and pieces uh, during the pandemic, and I'm starting from the bottom. Uh, I'm doing a few gigs. I'm doing, uh, I think I'm doing a gig in Bath at Christmas. And uh, yeah, I'm back in tiny, tiny pubs, really reconnecting with, uh, with, the, with the whole art form. Absolutely brilliant. Well, Along for the Ride with David O'Doherty starts on Channel 4 at 10 o'clock tonight. David, thanks so much for coming. I wish you every success with it. Thanks for having me, guys. There we are, David O'Doherty. Yeah. Well, he's funny, man. Have you ever yeah, seen him yeah, live? I've seen him. Yeah, seen him. It's great. It's brilliant going yeah. to see him. And if he's chucking everything out and starting again, well, there's no hope for the rest of us. This is Charlie Baker <laughs> and Andy Jacobs. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There it is. Um, I'm back tomorrow with Paul. Paul is back tomorrow. You're back Wednesday, is that Wednesday. right? And then we're all together for the birthday spread on Thursday. Exciting, isn't it? Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.